0: All right, so today we get to talk to you guys about chores, allowances, what we're currently doing for our children. Some of this is going to be theoretical because we're going to talk a little bit about how money was treated in our homes growing up and what we may or may not do as our children start to get older. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. If you do, give it a thumbs up, don't forget to share it, and we'll dive right into the episode.
1: The Now That We're A Family Podcast. Yeah, this is a fun topic to discuss, Katie, because as you mentioned in the introduction, most of this is theoretical when it comes to our own children. Of course, we have our own experiences growing up in households that had various rules for chores. And I don't know about in your home, but it seemed to ebb and flow depending on the season. Of course, your age played a huge role in what chores were assigned to you. And then the allowance thing. I'm really curious to hear what your experience was with that. I know I was going to ask you. Uh, and it's funny because I know I've got some desired outcomes for my children. And I've got some concerns and maybe some fears that uh, I, you know, some things I want to avoid when it comes to money and when it comes to work ethic. And there are certainly some things I want to instill in my children when it comes to money and work ethic. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know if you're going to bounce off kind of what you want to do with our children you know, if that's what you're going to go through first or if you're going to talk about your upbringing, your experience, how do you want to do this?
0: I don't know. I was going to ask you, like, did your family do allowances?
1: Never, never once did we have our set allowance where it was, you know, every every Friday or every Monday or once a week. Um, and I know that this this is so easy to say. I Well, first off, I like had the Katie and I argue over who had like the most ideal upbringing because I loved my childhood and love it even more the further away I get from it you know how that works like when you look in retrospect but you feel the same way about your childhood do you not
0: oh yeah absolutely
1: and so when I say that I say like I was provided for abundantly not once in my life did I feel a fear of material you know deficiency being a part of my life that that was never a concern of mine, which is a pretty cool spot to be in as a child. I hope my children feel that same way. I want them to feel that security that okay, mom, and dad, you know, like they've got our physical needs taken care of, I don't want my nine year old worrying about food or clothes and, and so on. And that's certainly how it was for me growing up. However, I didn't have my own money until I was probably maybe 11 or 12, which is still young. Mm-hmm. And I went and I worked for my grandma Corwin and I would work three hours every Tuesday in her garden and she would pay me. I think it started out at $4 an hour when I was 11. That's pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. And then, um, it went up from there each year. And so when I was 11, once a week, I'd go work for my grandma Corwin and I would come come away with maybe, you know, 10 or 15 bucks. And that's kind of how I started saving money for myself. But I don't have any recollection, and I I can ask my parents of them ever giving us money, even even paying us for house chores. I'll talk about later in my life. That's when I'm younger. Like
0: Okay. So you never did like extra jobs around the no, house for, for two dollars, five dollars. Exactly. Later. Okay.
1: And that's up until I started working for our family business, which feels a little which different. Was relatively young. Which was when I was fifteen. Yeah. And so and then Anyways. you had
0: essentially, what, a full-time I mean, job? yeah.
1: Well, I started out at four days a week. So okay, I worked 15. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday at our family's coffee shop at 15. My sister Liddy had her driver's license, and so I would drive in with her, and we would open the coffee shop Tuesday through Friday, and... um Yeah. So that was like my first job and that was really fun. And then all of a sudden it felt like I had way too much money. I was going to say, then you were rolling in the dough (laughs) (laughs) at
0: 15 years old, working four days a week. You got tips, you got hourly wages. Oh, right.
1: It was, it was a good lesson. It's funny because, and you and I will get into this as far as our philosophy goes with money, because as, as cool as that was, I don't necessarily think I want my sons or my daughters to have that same type of financial affluence at, when it comes to their individual money at that young of an age because I think the work ethic was good like it was good to experience waking up at 4 15, four days a week to go open a coffee shop you know we'd get there so we'd wake up at four fifteen, shower get in there at four forty five, and then we'd be open by five and and so that was kind of cool to experience that as a 15 year old and then for years after that uh but I think in a lot of ways, I had way too of a cavalier attitude toward finance because I had, for my age, so much money. Uh, you,
0: were, you didn't have the equal expenses. Exactly. What did you have to pay for at 15? Did you like start having to pay for clothes or yeah, that's a good question. food or anything like that to expend? Uh, or did you just save it all? Or? Yeah,
1: certainly if I would like go out with friends, I'd pay for my own food and stuff like that. I didn't have to pay for anything at home. And I do think I started paying for my own clothes at that point. Um, and my own shoes. Because, again, you know, I, I was started playing... Started
0: carrying. <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: also, I was playing basketball. You know, you got to get like the team shoes. You got to get whatever, all that stuff. And so I think I was doing it all at that. And I might have even started paying for it. Well, I don't know if I would have started paying for it earlier. But I definitely started paying for my own clothes. If I went out, I was going to use, obviously, my own money. And then once I turned sixteen that I was paying for my own gas. When once I you know once I was driving. Yeah.
0: And did you buy your own car? Yes. So that wasn't something that
1: Yeah, and that but that wasn't until I was seventeen. So when I got my license at sixteen, I drove a family car. I didn't have my own car. And I drove that for about eight months. But I'd have to pay for it to fill it up um with gas. Uh, and of course, you know, you wanna be the one when it's like a family car, you like wanna be the one that gets in there with the full tank and you leave it at home with a with it empty. (laughs) No. Uh and then I bought my my own car with my own money at seventeen.
0: Okay. That's cool. I actually hadn't heard that, like laid out like that. We've talked from when you started working at the coffee shop, but then I never really considered did you have to Spend that money anyway because I know sometimes when kids are earning a lot of money, parents have them pay for a lot more things. Yes, they're paying for food or they're paying rent or they're paying, you know, like something to their parents. So, you did, however, really save a lot when we got married. You were a big saver,
1: I guess. It wasn't like
0: you just blew everything.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I think those are just like household principles that I remember hearing from the time I can remember hearing. And that's, you know, you never spend more than what you make. You know, you mm-hmm. don't spend money you don't have. Um, you know, credit cards were definitely frowned upon in our home. I th- My dad might have had a credit card, but like those were those had a bad stigma in our home growing up. Um, you know, car payments had a bad stigma in our home growing up. So my parents were always buying used cars, um, really name brand anything my family was not materialistic. And like I said, I had the best childhood when it comes to not ever wanting anything, but we did not have luxury items ever in our home, Mm -hmm. which I'm grateful for. I feel like I'm not, I mean, you might think I'm a materialistic person, but I don't, I
0: don't don't think either of us are. We don't care about brands very much. Yeah. We're more like function.
1: Yes, exactly. And so, I mean, my first vehicle was a minivan you know it was a yeah,
0: with a built-in car seat you yeah, it was a very was used minivan
1: and um yeah i i never bought clothes new once i started buying my own clothes it was always second-hand stores you know good goodwill and whatnot salvation army i'm um, going to those thrift stores um shoes i would because of the whole basketball thing i felt like that was always the expensive purchase you know every year yeah. was getting like a 200 hundred dollar pair of of jordans or whatever for for basketball season but again, that's my perception. I don't know. And then later on, what got really expensive was buying instruments. And so...
0: Uh, yeah, I'm grateful we have those still.
1: Me too. And so like, my parents provided me with a fiddle when I was younger, um, which is great. I still have that very nice, expensive instrument. But then I uh, bought my own mandolin and my own guitars, basically, going and forward much, from the time. And like
0: how much was your mandolin? I feel like... I'm I'm genuinely curious. Yeah. I've always wondered because like there's some instruments that you could buy for like a hundred bucks, mm-hmm. and then what they go up. I feel yeah. like yours is pretty nice.
1: My first mandolin and guitar are really definitive to me. So the first mandolin I bought was fifty two hundred dollars, so okay, five thousand yeah, two hundred dollars, like, and then my first guitar was thirty five hundred dollars.
0: Yeah, that's like yeah. what people were spending on cars when I was buying my car.
1: Yeah, and so. I think I bought the mandolin at sixteen, and then I bought my own guitar at, I might've been 18 when I bought that. So those were, like you said, I had money coming in, but mm-hmm. those would probably be some big purchases at that eight, at that point in my life.
0: Where um, stuff like was going out.
1: Yeah. And when it comes to materialist things, I cared with those things. Like I cared about the brand. I cared about, you know, what, how old they were. I, I cared about a lot of things when it came to my instruments. Um, so I guess that was something that I you know cared yeah, about yeah. when it came to brands and
0: oh yeah well and, because again you're you're thinking of form and function and I mean supposedly you know like I yeah. cared about what my skis were yeah I exactly cared, like there's certain gear things that I care about yes and, and whether that's just really good marketing or not it got me you know
1: yeah, exactly instruments gear it's very easy to kind of compare the two It's essentially
0: we don't wear branded clothing. Yes, minus your Carhartt jacket. This
1: is this is my birthday gift. I'm yeah. Okay, I I was saying
0: minus jackets in general because we just talked about your uh, your Filson. Well, that was a gift. That was that was my grandpa's. This Um, was a gift. Um, So I guess we do appreciate coats.
1: I mean, half the jackets in our closet I got from my grandpa's closet. Honestly, a leather jacket was from his closet. Um,
0: That's your cool guy jacket
1: everything else is probably from um either i've had it for like 20 years or it's from i don't know ross yeah it's like i i I shop at ross a lot i mean it's probably pretty obvious but
0: (laughs) it's funny hearing elisha say um he bought his own clothes because i'm like okay well when we got married and for like the first five years you were wearing all the clothes that you owned when you were about 15 yes. so i don't think you were like rapidly buying clothes no at that rate like you kept them for a really long time once you did buy them so in our home my earliest remembrance of money was two cent jobs hmm. and or i should say were two cent jobs and we got to clean out a closet. I was six and we got two cents. So inflation has definitely happened since (laughs) my first work experience. But my mom did have extra jobs around the home. So we didn't have allowance, but we would get to do extra jobs for pay. And usually you worked really, really hard for that income. So like if we mopped the whole kitchen floor, which was like gigantic it was like two rooms then you'd get five dollars but it would take you a couple hours to do it Hmm. or clean the bathroom and deep clean the tub that was five dollars that was one of my jobs i stopped getting paid five dollars and i stopped cleaning our tubs (laughs) i should just clean our tubs which is awesome um so there's stuff like that that we could do we got to clean out the car for a few dollars but i mean this is all stuff when i'm like 10 11 12 13 14 15 mm-hmm. and i have no income at this point so the only income i'm making are extra jobs and our chores were we would scamp three times a day so you know that stood for speedy clean after meal party and we would clean up the kitchen in 15 minutes and tidy the house and so we each had our job in the kitchen and then as I got older and I outgrew that part of scamp, my younger siblings would do the kitchen scamp while my sister and I did laundry or cleaned up some other room in the house three times a day. So we always had those three times a day chores that were just expected and then one of my chores when I was older was milking our cow twice a day. So we always just had that chore flow. And I think it's kind of interesting when people say, well, we do an allowance. I I genuinely like, just don't understand this. When people say, well, we pay an allowance, but they have to earn it. Every family member needs to help out in the house. So we, every kid does chores and that's just a part of, you know, being a part of the family. Mm. You, You all just, you don't work, you don't eat kind of thing. We all pitch in, but then we give our kids this allowance I'm like, well, what's the allowance for? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, is that just for being a part of the family too? Oh, like, got if, it, yeah. you know what I'm saying? If you're doing chores and those are just a part of the family and then you do an allowance and that's just a part of the family, like, I just, I genuinely don't understand it. When I read, cause I read recently multiple books, I guess, on finances and that's kind of how they describe it. And I'm like, so you're giving an allowance for chores, right? cuz oh, that's but, how i and, understand and, it.
1: But what they're saying is there it's not a direct correlation.
0: Yeah, it's not a direct correlation. <clears throat> mm-hmm. But then i don't see really a direct correlation in the real world ever of getting paid for just breathing either. So i don't see how <laughs> that's more helpful.
1: Well, yeah, i mean i think socialism, yeah. <laughs> yeah, i
0: know which is not. <laughs> something What we're advocating. Yeah, not what yeah. i'm advocating. So i don't i see it being more helpful i guess to just pay for the chores that are expected. Sure. If you were going to do an allowance, yeah,
1: thing. as far as a this is your your the the money for your time
0: yeah it's what's funny is growing up, I think I always thought of allowance as something that families with like two or three kids did because yeah. we had eleven kids, and I looked up the average allowance in America for a five years old five year five year old wow yeah. five year old yeah and it's five or six dollars a week,
1: mm-hmm. man, it goes dude. up
0: from there, right, so
1: our kids, wow,
0: you have all these kids, you're paying <laughs> like. A small fortune to have them exist in your home where you pay for them to live so I get how people use allowance and then the kids have to buy extra things anyways but I just don't understand how it all works because because neither Elisha nor I grew up with allowance and I just I think the way I saw it growing up was I just it was a very direct correlation between I worked and I got paid
1: it, but in, to clarify with that, though, and yeah. you said this, but I still think it bears repeating. And that is your base chores, you didn't get paid for. Your, no, no. Like so everybody had their base chores. Chores. Like yeah. my
0: mom makes the meals three times a day. Right. My Somebody dad's has the bathroom. Yeah, everyone's just trash. Some,
1: yeah. Um, and then if there were special projects.
0: They were called extra jobs. Okay, extra jobs. So you get extra jobs that you had to do free if you didn't get your chores done quick enough.
1: Oh, So like if we didn't scan within the timer,
0: it could be a penalty and you just have to do an extra job. But you could do a paid extra job if you went to mama and were like, hey, I'm wanting to earn some money. What could I do? And she would come up with something for you and name the price.
1: And when you think back on that, are you happy with how that all went and how your perception of money and time and work was developed?
0: Yeah, what's funny is I really liked it because... It was a very slow trickle of money in and because of that I would store my dollars because it took forever to save up to buy anything and you just store it and 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 store it and, store it. and I got very used to delayed gratification if because you can buy something with $5. So if I was, you know, 5 to 10 to 15 and getting $5 a week. I would probably get used to spending that $5 because I knew five more dollars was coming the next week. Mm -hmm. Whereas it was, it was kind of a feast or famine. Sometimes there were a lot of extra jobs, sometimes there weren't. Sometimes you had the time for them, sometimes you didn't. And you had to work really hard for these jobs. And so because the income coming in was so slow, we saved a lot of our money. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is with some of my other siblings that got higher paying jobs outside of the home earlier... They did get used to a money in, money out, right? And it was easier to become a bigger spender because mm. even if you aren't spending above what you make, you your lifestyle <laughs> raises to that level. Yes. And so um, when those expenses weren't high, living at home, they just had a ton of money to mm. spend. Yes. And so I think that, at least for me, it definitely affected what I do with money today, which is you're frugal. I'm frugal. Yes. And I love, I love to give. I didn't give growing up. Mm-hmm. I didn't do like the three jars thing and I gave 10%. I was a little hoarder and I just <laughs> hoarded all my money. We, we gave in a lot of ways as a family, I would say. Like we go over and like...
1: Yeah. Oh, you guys are. Bring meals guys... to someone
0: or like move someone, just show up and surprise someone with.
1: Oh, you guys are, gen- it's it's guys are known as generous. So, it's not. Yeah. But I
0: think like that's one reason that people bring up allowance is so that kids could get used to giving. Oh. And I think there were other ways that my family worked into. We gave a lot of our time. Yeah. And our work. And then I think that my parents, I saw them give financially. Mm-hmm. And so even though I wasn't doing that on like a 10% tithing situation or whatever growing up. I don't think it negatively affected me giving later as an adult.
1: Sure. Yeah. You always saw it as being a cool thing.
0: Yeah. It's like more blessed to give than receive. Mm -hmm. If you can do that in any way, then take that opportunity.
1: Yeah. And so, yeah, that is funny because when we, especially when we were dating and then prior to us dating, I still have distinct memories of going out with a group of people to like a restaurant to get food and you not getting anything. Because you didn't want to pay for it.
0: Oh, it's like I you did had you had not spend money on food.
1: You did not. Have, you had more than enough money for it, and you're like, "Oh, oh I'm good. I'm not going to eat." You, know, you just get a, get a glass well, of water.
0: Well, I wasn't like a lame party. Pooper. Oh no, I'm not saying you were a party pooper. I wasn't pooper. like the person in the corner. Like I'd get something if we went out to eat that was just like very cheap on hmm. the menu. I didn't want to. I don't. I mean, maybe you can answer this for me. Did I stress you out in social settings because of that? No. I mean, okay. it's, it was a
1: great opportunity for a guy like me to be like, well, I'll, you know, I'll buy you something. I remember the first but, but,
0: time we went out and you bought, it was all your siblings. We were going to frozen yogurt. Okay. And I was like, okay, it's like five bucks, $4, something in there. Like I'm going to get a very little bit. Cause again, I didn't, I don't have a job at this point and I'm 18 years old. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'll talk about that a little bit. Sure. <laughs> um, and so we went and Elisha's like, I'm buying and Elisha's five years older, but he's been buying for people for years at this point. And I just looked at him like, you are buying like eight of our frozen yogurt. My mind was just blown. I'm glad it served
1: its purpose. I was, I was trying to impress you.
0: Yeah. I'm like, can I please marry you?
1: But so then, (laughs) but I do want to make it clear. You were never a moocher, Katie, even though you were frugal and you were reluctant to spend on things like food or going out, uh, you were far from being a moocher. Like, I would have to, like, you know, coerce you to be able to buy food for you, you know, or pay for you. Like, you just were straight up. Yeah, not when we were
0: dating, but like before. Yes. I, and, and if, like, someone did offer to pay, I would get a very small amount of something because, again, I, I understood the dollar value. Yes. And it's like, someone has to work hard for this. Yeah. And so, yeah. And, and, but this, things like
1: coffee shops, you would, oh, yeah, that's a big
0: reason why I still don't drink coffee. Like, Probably I never got used to it socially because there's no way I'm spending three or four bucks on a coffee
1: Yeah, so you would meet friends at coffee shops or we'd we'd meet at a coffee shop And it's like if your friend got a drink, you're like sweet. I don't like your bane I might (laughs) get a
0: tea or something. I just didn't I didn't do a lot of like single social things Uh You know, like we hung out a lot in groups at people's houses I don't think I I didn't like go do the coffee shop scene like you did until you were buying drinks
1: I mean Yeah I did it way too much. So I did it for (laughs) both of us.
0: So how that kind of worked growing up, I guess. So we go out of the, we have the extra job stage. And then I started getting to work outside the home for some people sometimes. And I remember the first time I think I was 15 years old and I got paid $8 an hour by someone to cut lavender. Hmm. And My mom was like, you're paying the kids $8 an hour? Like, she was shocked. And I I was like, stop. Like, so we earned a ton of money. That was like the most money I'd ever made. And again, saved all that money immediately because it was a feast or famine situation. That didn't come around all the time. And then every once in a while, we'd get paid for babysitting. I wasn't big on babysitting. I didn't like other people's kids very much. And then growing up... I'm trying to think of when I actually started earning. Like I got my first speeding ticket at 15 for $350. Mm. So I had to pay that. That's a
1: chunk out of the savings. Yeah, so
0: I worked around the house. I did bigger extra jobs. So I'd like put in tons of piping or okay. fencing or, you know, mm-hmm. manual labor stuff yes. you do around a farm. And I worked for my dad's assistant part-time. Mm-hmm. Just, oh, we worked for a local greenhouse part-time mm-hmm. when they had
1: there's, that was seasonal the stuff. Big seasonal
0: stuff. Right. So, this is when I'm like 16, 17, 18 years old. The reason why I didn't go out and get a job at this point was because my dad loved being spontaneous. So, we moved a ton growing up just because he liked being spontaneous and changing jobs and changing scenery. We moved a lot, even when he had the same job, because he started being able to work remotely. And so, he that's, I mean, we were homeschooled. My mom was a stay at home mom. So he could pick up and take us wherever he wanted, whenever he wanted. And that led to a lot of really cool opportunities. So, I mean, we would go skiing for six weeks at Tahoe and that was a paid trip. As far as my dad would buy our passes, he wanted us there. And we did start paying for gear as we got older, like paying for our skis, paying for goggles and like stuff that we wanted that was, you know, cool or new. But he would pay for these cool, unique experiences for our family to go on, and we didn't have to pay to be a part of those. Mm -hmm. We go down to St. Clemente and surf for six weeks. Mm -hmm. So these things were paid for, but he didn't want us tied down to jobs because then he's like, it wrecks the system. He's like, just be an entrepreneur like me and come with me where I go. And so that led to a lot of really fun times, but it made it really hard to, to hold down a job, obviously. So the first thing actually, now that I'm thinking of it, that got, where I started earning consistent money was when I was 19 and I started network marketing. Wow. That was the very first time. And again, like hustling my tail off, I was earning anywhere from like 200 to $300 a month with Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And that was as consistent as my money came in.
1: Yeah. I thought you, didn't you write for a time? Was that pretty consistent prior to that?
0: That's right. I did a couple things. I got to, so as a kid, I got to Tutor my younger siblings for a dollar mm. for thirty minutes. Nice. So that added up <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like thirty bucks a month, that was like amazing. And so are you,
1: know what, you what, like twelve years old at this point? Fourteen. Fourteen. Okay. Yeah. Nice.
0: You see why I save my money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I like to spend it if I did spend on something like shoes. Like oh. my Sorels, my leather boots. Like I still have those shoes today and I'm so grateful I did. Or here, that... So I'd buy things that I consider like an investment.
1: And that did blow my mind and borderline stress me out when, when we got married because I knew you as this frugal, uh, not a materialistic person at all. And then we get married and you move in and you had like 38, 38. How many pairs of shoes did you have? It was I in the 30s. tons of shoes. It was in the 30s. Yes. and A lot of them I in. got at
0: thrift stores, but then like my but I didn't know that. nice shoes, I did buy new and I considered them as investments because I was like, I'll just wear these for years and years and years. They'll and you stayed and
1: true to that. That has been, but it stressed me out in those first I guess a couple of months because I'm like, oh boy, this is a this is a thing you have, uh, and I thought so. I thought it was going to be like a bi weekly occurrence where you needed a new pair of shoes based off of how what it looked like when you moved in.
0: Yeah, shoes were kind of a way that I. Uh, what's funny is my my dad and mom were very classic dressers growing up, and they really wanted us to be classic dressers, which I really respect, and it's what I do now. Mm-hmm. Like I like dressing classically, and I like. My children, our children. I always say my children, but they're ours. Well, they're they're, they're yours. They're <laughs> yeah, ours. dressing classically and clean. Mm-hmm. And so one way that I showed kind of my own style, I guess, was through my shoes. Nice. So okay. that's what I did through my teen years. Would I? I would like wear the classic dress, but I have like some really fun, bright, bold shoes. Or something. Got it. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't like that part. Oh no, I like some <laughs> of the shoes. Some of them, yeah. yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of my thing, but. Okay, so, oh yeah, and then I worked as a, I did do some tutoring with school later. Mm-hmm. I taught my siblings English, stuff like that. Then I started te- tutoring other kids. I taught some music lessons later. And so these were all things where I'd earn like a few dollars mm-hmm. here, a few dollars there kind of thing. Um, what, did, what else did you bring up? Where did and I then writing,
1: that? I think you started writing oh, later. Oh yeah, and started. then
0: when I got my degree at 19, see this is at 19, then I started freelance blogging. Mm-hmm. And I started blogging for different companies. Yes. And I actually helped Bend Soap, um, which is my aunt and uncle's company with um filming their stuff and promotions That's right. and blogging for them and sending emails and stuff like that. So I did start getting into the social media and writing space got once it. I had Just my online presence, major.
1: digital marketing. Okay.
0: Yeah. So I had that. That's awesome. But again, like none of these are consistent. Right. And then when you and I met, I got this I was a, like, Christmas shoe salesperson at Macy's. Yeah. And And that was commissions. And and you were the number one sales rep
1: for the quarter or whatever.
0: That was fun. I was highly motivated. So anyways, that's kind of like my entire money-earning journey until Elisha and I got married. And so I just never had more than $300 a month at one time coming in. Really? Ever until we got married. No way. Yeah, when we sat down and Elisha was telling me his expenses and our expenses, I was just like like a thousand dollars a month, eleven $1, fifty going to rent. Yeah. How on earth? Like and I mean I bought my own car, I paid for my own gas. So like I did not have so you very much. You money lived on I-
1: three hundred dollars a month. Yes. That yes. whole time at Macy's that Yes there wouldn't be like influxes at times? No.
0: I mean, that's the most I had consistent. So that I guess would cover gas, I that would cover- job. Yeah, I hardly drove anywhere. Wow. I was like super, super, super frugal. Any of my clothes were from thrift stores. Mm-hmm. Again, aside from like my few nice pairs of shoes I saved up for, it was mm-hmm. all. Um, so so yeah, I, I never had a lot of money coming in. Right. But I think that I got used to working really, really hard for money. And I realized the value of a dollar really early.
1: Which is, I think, crucial because going back to, you know, based off of our experiences and what we want to create for our children, some things I want to avoid for our kids is one complacency, right? Them being entitled in any manner where they think like, oh, that's like, it's good. I don't ever have to worry about anything because mom and dad have my back. Uh, I mean, that's a that's probably a fear of many probably should be a fear of many people in the western world, right? Like yeah. here here in the US, you don't want your that's such a battle for people is, is battling entitlement um and complacency. And then like you said, you don't I don't want my kids to become too feeling too independent from us too early, where they feel like, "Oh, I've got all my money. I can go buy what I want to buy." And having this battle from the time they're like 11 years old of well, hey, I want to wear this. It's my money, and being like, okay, no, you're you not wearing it. You can't buy candy, your... or you can't yeah.
0: buy that piece of junk. I have to kick around in my house all day. You yes,
1: know. exactly. And that was something that I'm really grateful. We didn't. I didn't have those arguments with my parents, like, uh, you know, because I wasn't buying my clothes until I was 13 or 14 or whatever. Um, I wore what they what they bought me. Like mm-hmm. that. That was what it was. And I ate what they provided in the home. Um, and I don't have memories I'm sure it happened but I don't it my childhood is not characterized by me feeling in want of anything by me looking at at catalogs and being like oh man if only I had money to purchase fill in the blank you know like a portable dvd player I remember or,
0: or you get used to flexing that muscle of like I want that and I can't have it
1: yeah exactly <laughs> you're just like okay just I'm not gonna it have it I'm not gonna have it um and <laughs> And one other thing, too, as far as an income, because I was like, man, I, I remember always having like $200 in savings. I forgot I would get birthday money from my grandparents. You guys yeah. got... Good birthday money. Yeah. Yeah. Because it'd be like 50 bucks. Which is crazy. Yeah.
0: My grandparents were really sweet. They have a ton of grandkids. Right. And something that was really special was we always got $5 from nice. my grandma growing up.
1: Okay. So I, e- even when I'm like eight, nine, and 10 years old, I can remember getting, you know, birthday money and setting that aside. Um and I don't, I don't remember what I was saving for because there were certainly things that I say I, I didn't have once, but there were certainly things my parents told me no to all the time. Like, we weren't doing video games. We didn't do, you know, media stuff. I always wanted Mariners jerseys and Mariners paraphernalia. And um, I remember I got my first Mariners hat when I was 11. Went to the Mariners team store. It was a Safeco field at that point. And got um, it was the old school one too. It was so it was like the old trident, you know, like they're very old. Uh, and I was so pumped, and I saved up a lot for that. It was like the actual, like big league hat, you know. Nice. It wasn't a snapback. It was like the you know big league sized hat. Um, and I was pumped about that. And then I bought one jersey, you know, an Edgar Martinez jersey when I was twelve, and that was expensive. That was like fifty five dollars. Yeah, that was a really big deal for me. So I had my Mariners hat, and my Mariners jersey. But other than that, I don't remember. Having a ton of wants, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and I think I did want a lot of stuff. But, <clears throat> like, for instance, something that my parents did. So I want to go back to, real quickly, actually, to the entitlement part. Yes. Because I think a lot of people growing up in the families that we grew up in, Elisha and I had a ton of really unique experiences. We got mm-hmm. to do a lot of really cool stuff. And I think uh, I definitely straight up had people tell my dad, hey, what you guys are doing, you're going to raise entitled kids. Mm-hmm. And I think that one way that that was counter acted was by us all realizing one developing a really strong work ethic and then realizing how hard it was to earn money. Something else I did was roll quarters for my dad. It's like really random stuff. Okay. Down at his company. Nice. <laughs> um and so I do think that that counteracted the cool things. I guess that we were able to go on that yes. maybe would have made us feel entitled like we just can get everything paid for or whatever. Yeah. But something that um my parents did set up that I do want to do for our kids is a long-term savings account. So my uncle Dwight actually started our first three accounts. He put $200 when we were born in an account to start our savings, which is so sweet.
1: Just, just, yeah, he was just being a cool uncle. Awesome. Wow. Uh,
0: So thank you, uncle Dwight. And it was for our car. So my dad, I don't know if uncle Dwight set up this rule or my dad did or whatever, but we couldn't take it out until we were 16 years old. Okay. And so my dad continued doing that for the rest of the kids. Just so we, you know, we're all started off on the same two hundred dollar foundation. But the cool part about it was, any money that we put in that account, my dad would double. Whoa! And so that is the majority of what I did with my money growing up. Okay. Every year or so, he would show us a statement of our bank account, and that was so motivating. Okay. And so if I, I remember saving up for a laptop computer because I wanted to be a writer, I wanted to have my own laptop. I was fourteen, and I remember saving up. $200 over like four or five months. And I remember sitting next to my closet and going like, I could buy this laptop computer, but this is the most money I've ever had. And if I put it in that account, then it will be $400. Wow! And so I opted for that. And so I did that just over and over and over and over. And that's how I was able to buy my car Okay. when I was 18. so So that stopped once we turned 13.
1: The, the, the matching. Doubling. Okay, the match. matching okay. stopped
0: once we turned 13. So you couldn't deposit like big chunks. The most I'd ever deposited was $200. Okay. But like I often did $3, $6, $12. Okay. And I was able to have, you know, 8000 when I was, I think, 17. Okay, so you bought
1: family. your own car. Yeah. yeah. just Cars kind weren't
0: of... weren't bought in our family. Right. There was always the expectation you were not to buy your car. Yes. And so, yeah, but that's something that like... I think was a really good motivator for teaching delayed gratification, and hmm. like if you wait, it pays off, yes, and so that 's something that I really want to start for our kids, starting with opening an account for Leon this year, yes, when he you know turned seven, starting that for him with a little nest egg, hmm. and then letting him know that we 'll double whatever he puts in there hmm. until he gets a real job,
1: yes. Yeah. That is interesting because like you said, you guys had these world-class experiences that were very unique and they were, I mean, they were, uh, they were whatever privileged put, you know, experiences yeah, where it's they like were. very few people are able to live that way. And yet not you, not any of you or, you know, you or none of your siblings are, are pretentious when it comes to anything like that. And something that's, you know, that's admirable about you and all your siblings is that you're not, you are, none of you are materialistic. Like there's mm-hmm. not this need to have this high quality of cuisine or apparel from the time you're married. Um, and what's been interesting is that all of you have also that have been married so far have really embraced. Um, and this is from having real conversations with your married siblings like, yeah, oh, you know, it's awesome. They, they're like, I thought I was going to miss not being able to travel with the family and go, you know, ski Tahoe or go rent a beach house for six weeks. But I love just like living my more simple life with my spouse and you did from the time we got married. Like there was zero oh, part oh, of you yeah. that was like, oh, man, it's January. The family's down. At least you didn't say that to me. And you certainly didn't seem like you were like missing no, that No, at all. Because there's an
0: element of even though you're doing all these fun things, it's someone else's life to a certain extent. You're living the family culture. Mm -hmm. And so it's really special to feel like you're creating your own culture. And I think each one of us has have felt that way when we get married with our spouses, we get to create our own family and we get to do what we value. And there's something really special about that. Mm -hmm. Even when it's more humble and, you know, we're, we're totally broke when we get married and all that. And if we're broke again, you know, like I'm not scared of that. Yes it's it's just this game we'll figure out how to make it work yep. and uh we did before and i don't know i think my parents really placed a high value on just loving where you're at yeah and and we heard their stories and we lived the life of also living in a tent in a trailer mm-hmm. so that whole you know know how to abase and know how to bound abound was very part of culture mm-hmm. is just you need to be able to thrive through whatever you're doing yes and i, and I love the stability i think all of a, all of my siblings who have gotten married have actually really valued because we were so uh spontaneous all growing up we all really value the stability of just staying in one location for a long time
1: yeah sure that makes sense uh so again wow i mean that was fun i, I really enjoyed hearing how you're brought up i, I am curious Looking back on your childhood and your experience with money and chores, uh, do you did you ever have this resentment where you're like, I'm doing so much work and not getting compensated for it? Um, do you ever, again, you know, hindsight's you know, you can see it through rose-colored glasses in a lot of ways, and we both know that big picture, um, we loved our childhood, so maybe it's hard to pinpoint, like, an attitude you had towards your parents. Because um, I know I don't have that recollection. How was it for you just when it came to work around the farm, you know house chores and then wanting compensation for just like the basic stuff but not getting it was that a thing
0: no it wasn't mm-hmm. i felt like it was always fair what we were given versus you know what yeah again it was always fair because when we were little we never got used to this this siphon this stipend yes i guess yes and so i had no like i deserve anything mm-hmm. income wise like my needs are well provided for mm-hmm. And so if I want something, then I either need to say no to that one or have to figure out how to get it. Yeah. Through work.
1: Yeah, it's funny because when you were mentioning the various odd jobs you were you would do even around the property, it reminded me, you know, we grew up on a Christmas tree farm and that it that was a family affair. I like we we planted all the trees with my dad. And I remember holding just the stack of trees. And I'd walk behind my dad, he'd have the shovel and I would just hand him a tree and I'd hand him a tree and I was like nine doing that. And then we would That's have to neat. maintain the trees, you know, we'd have to prune them and whatnot and shape them. Um, that was for the Christmas trees. And for the timber trees, I was just telling you the other day that, you know, when they were young, we would have to cut the brush off of them, cut the blackberry vines off of them so they could get up above that that undergrowth and and, and really start to grow. And so for the first couple years there of their development, my brother Joby and I would go down with machetes and cut all the underbrush, you know, away from The younger trees, and then I think of firewood season. You know, we had a a home that was entirely heated by wood in the winter, and that was once again a family affair, where we would we would burn anywhere from like sixteen to twenty cord of wood a year, Uh, and and so we'd have to get that in every you know late summer early fall, and and yet not once did I ever expect to get paid for that, and nor, nor did I. But I've got the best memories from it. Like oh, it's, yeah. it's a, it's a great association, for uh, in in all of those things that I just mentioned.
0: Yeah, and I mean, all my teen years, we were. It's starting from when I was 11 years old. We had to mow three acres, weed whack three acres. We took so much pride in parking out our property. That's yes. what we called it, parking out our property. And it's like, no, we do this because we want a beautiful property, hmm. and it takes all of us to maintain it. Right. So, I don't know. There's just such a healthy thing that comes from just working and working because it feels good and working to see what you've accomplished working for the family
1: it's hard to know but like retroactively it would like taint it in my mind if we were being compensated for that uh it would and here's the other thing my dad wasn't my dad was awesome he like he would we would have to work we'd have to do our jobs but like you know when I'm doing Christmas trees you know and I'm helping my dad like I get done with my stack of trees and then like, you know, me and Lydia and Annie would run off and build a fort really quick and say, hey, get back over here, you know, keep helping me. But it was it was always fun. Like there was a lighthearted
0: There's a family bonding element. aspect of like yes. we're doing this cool thing. We're getting it done and we're doing it together. It's yeah. very culture building and you aren't in it for what you can get out of it. You're just in it to be in it, to get the job done. Yeah. And I think that there's something so cool about that. So I want to be really cautious when it comes to paying our children for money, Mm. going real quickly to what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. With our children right now, there are no set, set chores that we have right now. Our children are old enough to be able to do consistent chores, but it does become a consistent management issue. So things that we do have them empty the bathroom trash cans. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I need to be more consistent on. And then Right now, and just,
1: just so we're clear, the way we're doing it, chores are unpaid, just family yes. duty. You do your thing. No, yes.
0: everyone works. Yes. You don't work, you don't eat. That's yeah. the motto we're yes. going by here. Everyone works and they know that. Yeah. And so the only thing that's expected of them right now, consistent on a day in and day out basis is keeping the rooms clean. Mm-hmm. And then aside from that, it's just whatever mommy asks you to do. So, you know, sometimes I ask the kids, hey, I need your help guys, come in and empty the dishwasher for me. Or I need your help guys, I need uh, someone to set the table for me. Mm -hmm. And so I call them consistently throughout the day to have them do little chores for me, but it's on a as I need it basis. Mm -hmm. As I'm getting another project done, it's not like, okay, this is your set job. We're probably gonna start transitioning into that soon here but that hasn't been the case up until this point. Mm-hmm. Right? And
1: yeah, and and yeah, absolutely. And it's this is the fun part. I'm sure it was this way in your home. Like jobs are always given based off of age and capabilities. And I don't know about you, but I always remember coveting everybody's job except for mine. Oh, even yeah, though that was totally. probably way worse, right? I don't know if you start with like the trash. I I did the trash and then you go to the bathrooms and we would even break up the bathrooms. So I would like just be on toilets at one point. You know, we had oh, okay. three toilets in our idea. house, so I would just clean the toilets and then you the vacuuming was like the vacuuming was the coveted position it was like mowing the lawn because we had a rider lawnmower so out oh, for the nice. yard work you know weeding was like the most base you know that you wanted to graduate from that chore as soon as possible but and like you know weed whacking and mowing the lawn were the premier positions but vacuuming our big home was like the yeah, coveted chore um but that's kind of fun that you like how ha- everybody has it and then you can graduate to the next thing. And then you've got like dish duty, you know, the older yes. you get and stuff. So. Dishes,
0: dishwasher, setting the table. Um, everyone clears their plates and their dish and everything after every meal. So no one really needs to clear the table. I just go in and clear off the last few things. So, I mean, the kids help make breakfast. It's funny. I was seeing in some of these books I was reading on child finance, like, Okay, you could pay the kids to help make a meal. And I'm like, I think that would ruin it because right now <laughs> they make breakfast every single morning. They beg to help mommy mm. make the meals. And I think if I started to pay them, they would start viewing it differently than how yeah. they do, which right now it's a reward to get to hang out with mommy in the kitchen. So I yes. think I just want to keep it as that. Like sometimes these skills are just worth doing for, just for the enjoyment of them hmm. so the things that I did write a little list of extra jobs yeah. and these are the extra Let's jobs that we have in our home right now if you sort a full basket of laundry which is about three or four loads in the basket and you put away the kids clothes so put away the boys and girls clothes I will put away Elisha's and my clothes then you get three dollars so three, Leon loves to three do three
1: dollars for what
0: it takes about over an hour for him to do it
1: but I still feel like that's starting we we need to consult.
0: This is the biggest this is the biggest job cuz it's isolated. You're downstairs, okay. you're by yourself for an hour and a half for a 6-year-old. I think it's way worth $3. It's way worth it to me.
1: Okay. Did okay. you make $3 ever for an hour when you were 3 6 years old?
0: No, I didn't, but there's inflation. <laughs> yeah. Okay, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Okay, we could talk about this. Yeah. Okay. Um it's $1 if you sort a load of laundry and put away the kids' clothes. So if it's just one load, that's what that is. Um, f- it's 50 cents to wash all the upstairs baseboards. It's this. 50- oh,
1: dude, that is a brutal job. 50 cents for that. I feel like these that's a dollar fifty. are
0: time, these, no, no. It only takes them about 20 minutes. Okay. And it's upstairs, it's social. They love to use a squirt bottle. Mm-hmm. So it's a coveted position, Alexa. Okay, okay. It's 50 cents to wash the walls upstairs. So behind the table. So if I ask Louie to do this, like I asked her four-year-old to do it, and I just gave him 25 cents to wash the kitchen wall behind the table. I didn't have him do all the walls, and I didn't pay him the full amount. Um, It was 50 cents to organize the junk drawer. Whoa. Lucy just did it that the other day for the first time in months, and it took her over an hour, so I paid her a dollar.
1: Good. Yeah, don't tell her that I would probably pay her $50 to do that, honestly, <laughs> because that is such a gift. See,
0: that's why I pay a lot for the laundry. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's 50 cents to give out a sibling's multiplication tables. So if I, I if I end up giving out the kids' multiplication tables, they don't get paid, and they just have to do them. But if they give them out to each other, then they both get 50 cents.
1: Do they do them to with each other?
0: Yeah. There's the answer on the back. Oh. It takes them longer, uh, but that way they're both seen it two times. Got it. And it doesn't take my time. So sometimes they want to do it with me because I buzz through them really, really fast. I like that one. But I really like that one. Nice. I wanted something that I did get from the book Value Creation Kid, even though I didn't like the app and the gamification mm-hmm. side of it was giving your kids home gigs and brain gigs to mm. show children the power of, hey, using your mind actually pays really well. That's good. So anyways, that's something. I, I really was thoughtful about this though because I didn't want to pay them to do school. Right. Again, that's one of those things. I don't want to be caught in this negative cycle where it's like just doing the work is good. Yeah, that's a gift. Yeah, it's good for us to stretch our minds and do yes. hard things and whatever. So I'm not going to pay them to do their math or do... Mm basic stuff but the multiplication tables is great for me uh 50 50 cents to organize the shoe cupboard and 50 cents for or uh, to a dollar for shoveling the driveway depending on how oh. much snow there is yeah because that could take a really long time well and i'm the one that initiated
1: easy. that one yes, because i'm the snow shoveler in this household uh as it you know as it should be and this year Unfortunately, I've not had to shovel out any money to my boys because it's been a down snow year.
0: It has, but they are stoked about when it comes. That's their favorite job. Yes,
1: they're primed and ready to go.
0: They would pay us probably to do that. Right. Um, Still so
1: proud of Leon. The one time I told <laughs> oh him goodness, yes. the first time I told him I'd pay him $2. And when I was leaving. I was pulling out. I was like, hey, if you get this all shoveled, I'll pay you $2. And then I left and I came back and it was cleared. I was like, nice, Leon. Uh,
0: It was really bad too, because like we driven on the snow multiple times and like,
1: Uh, I was like, "Wow, man, good for you!" It's like you earned two dollars, and I gave him the two dollars. He goes, "Well, technically, I just made one dollar because I paid Jackson, the neighbor kid, a dollar to help me." And I was like, "Good for you, man! That's awesome." (laughs)
0: That was pretty fun. And then the last one is a dollar for cleaning out the car. So, these are jobs that I think the kids the kids can do on their own at this point i don't want to create more work for me trying to oversee a job like i'm not paying for them to clean the bathrooms because it's just they don't quite know how to clean a whole bathroom yet so and I think it's that a one just needs overseeing. to
1: be a chore too
0: yes, and that is eventually just going to be a chore. Yeah. but things like cleaning the tub, for instance, that was a really dirty job, right, and we did get paid for that. so mm-hmm. there are some extra things but yeah, so that's those are the things that are considered extra jobs they're worth it to me. They're worth it to the kids, and it is really fun when they come and ask for an extra job. And usually, they all ask at once. We get a ton of stuff done in a very short amount of time. That's
1: awesome. It does. You have created a very party-like environment when it comes to cleaning and doing these group projects. So I'm a, a huge fan of that.
0: Yeah. So, anyways, that's what that's what we have for right now. So we, I think we're gonna. I mean, I ha- we've talked about this. We haven't like committed, but I think we're gonna do the doubling situation for our kids. Mm-hmm. Up to a certain age, if they start bringing home a lot of money because they get an outside job for something, that's not going to happen. No. Um, but for the onesies and twosies, just to teach them to save. Um, it's interesting because, again, in a lot of children's books, they say you need to learn. Your child needs to learn how to spend, give and save. I think, again, giving was somehow taught to me. I don't want to overlook this because I want my children to be givers. At this point, I have to tell them to keep their money because they're wanting to give it to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um so we have to talk about giving. And then as far as spending, I don't know a ton of kids that need help with that. But I'm sure it's out there. <laughs> um, I just think saving is the hardest one to do. Because mm-hmm. if you save and you have that nest egg, then you're able to give from it. I don't I don't ever want our kids to be greedy with their money. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we'll be on the lookout for that, obviously. But we don't have a percentage situation right now. We're just kind of incentivizing saving. At this point, yep. And if you do an extra job, then you get paid because it's extra. Mm -hmm. Anyways, that went kind of long, but it was a fun walk down memory lane. We haven't had that conversation.
1: Yeah, we didn't talk very much about what we're doing with our kids. We were just (laughs) so engaged. I wanted to give like (laughs) (laughs) I I loved hearing about give a little
0: context for where we're coming from and kind of see how it goes as we grow up. But I think we both. Neither of us came into marriage with any debt. We paid cash for everything. We both lived well below our means. And I guess it has served us so well in marriage, Mm -hmm. both of our money habits. I'm not opposed to trying to recreate what we did, what our parents did. Obviously, it was different in both settings or in both of our families, Mm -hmm. but there were enough similarities. And I want to figure out what those are because I think we have really good money habits as a couple.
1: And I'm also grateful that we both came into marriage feeling very independent from our parents financially
0: well that was a big thing to both the parents like your dad wasn't going to provide for you and my dad was very clear you're on your own obviously if we're out on the street i know he's going to bail me out no
1: i don't but he wouldn't financially he would he made that clear and he told me he's just kind of like i'm not going to give you money yeah ever my desk my dad said the same thing i'm not going to give you money he's like if you need a place to stay Mm -hmm. you can stay at our house Uh, but i think there is a big difference between writing a check for somebody and then providing them an opportunity like, hey, if you need a place to stay, we can stay here. You know,
0: if yeah, you Yeah, I mean, need food, something else my here. dad said, I'm never in a cosign for you. Yeah. So you need to figure that out. So it's it definitely like a very, we were given so much. No doubt. Uh, we've and been, then we are very just like independent too
1: mm-hmm.
0: on our own and how we viewed money. Yeah, and- but
1: I think that's a misconception. Pride serves a whole other episode is that our parents gave us opportunity, connections, um, you know, capabilities, a world view. And I think that a lot of times parents think they're doing their kids a service by also writing them a check. But I think that can very much be a disservice. So
0: yeah. Yeah. When you're on your own and you know that it's you or bust, you figure out how to make it work. That's right. And so I'm really grateful for those habits. We can wrap it up. All right.
1: Thank you all. Bye bye.
0: Bye.